0: Anian. We're starting to see failures of a very basic nature making their way back up the chart again for silly things that, yes, they do last a lot longer, but they do break. Hi. Car
1: doctor.
0: Hey, tell me what kind of shape my car is in, but don't tell me anything too expensive because I don't want to spend any money, you know, not too conducive to positive auto repair. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian,
1: the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. <laughs> If your mechanic's
0: giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, come on in, sit down. Ronnie Annie, and Amy in the Car Doctor here. Welcome to the garage once again this week. The phone number is 855 560 nine nine zero zero that's eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero the car doctor twenty four seven call anytime phone number. If we're not on the air you can leave a message. There is a messaging service attached to that. And just identify yourself with a return phone number and fast Harry our executive producer will call you back and line you up for the following broadcast. This radio show is about repairing your car, and we try to give out as much information as we possibly can during our two hours here on air every week. But we also provide information to you via Facebook. You can get out to Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor page on Facebook. We also have a website, Cardoctorshow.com, at which you'll find links to some very important sites for us and for you. TuneIn.com, iHeart, and iTunes.com, because we do make podcasts of this radio show available for you. So you can take it, download it onto your mobile device and, um, you know, take the car doctor with you and listen at your leisure and always keep that in mind. I wonder where the programming of the consumer is taking us, and I often think about this. I know we program cars, we, we program computers to keep them updated and keep cars running smoothly, but I think about the programming of the consumer. The consumer is being programmed. You are. Whether you realize it or not, you already have been. You're so inundated with with information and coupons in particular is what's on the forefront of my mind after this week in that coupons seem to predicate and dictate how auto repair should be performed. A non-customer, I'm not sure if he's a consumer or if he's a customer, he's never been in the shop where he's actually paid for anything, and he's we've never worked on his car, but yet he tells us that we're his favorite repair shop and we're the only guys that he trusts. Yet we don't ever work on his car. I haven't quite figured out what he is. He's a he's a non-customer, a a, a consumer entity. Don't know. He's shown up at the shop a couple of times. I've never seen him up at the front counter. I was on the counter this week. Uh, Fast Harry was out sick and uh, uh, he's on the men now. He should be back next week. But I I was handling the counter and the back. I was doing four things last week instead of just the usual three. And he came in to ask me a question that the conversation kind of went like this. His 2001 Acura was up at the local Acura dealer and it needed a starter. And I've been going there 16 years. This is him talking, obviously. I've been going there 16 years and my dad went there and I've been a very good customer, very long term. But I always feel like they charge me a lot of money and I'm never quite sure if they're really doing the job right. But they're the guys I go to because that's where my dad went, and I trust them. But I don't trust them, but I'm not really sure. But you're the only shop I trust. And do you ever notice how much money they must be making? Because look at the service writers. The service writers wear those fancy wristwatches, and they have all this jewelry. And, you know, you could feel your anxiety building as as, as you're just, you know. And Danny walked in, and he's, he's, he's watching him. And I could see by the look on Danny's face is, you know, he kind of had that, that deer-in-the-headlight look about him. He was just listening to this person speak, and I could see Danny's jaw just drop open more and more and more to the point that I I thought he was going to need oxygen or mouth-to-mouth, and since I wasn't interested in giving him the second and I wasn't able to provide the first, I thought I better get him to sit down, and I sent Danny back out into the shop to sit down with his head between his knees so he wouldn't faint. And the conversation continued, and he didn't miss a beat. He kept talking about how it was $580 to put a starter in a 16-year-old Acura and the car wasn't worth fixing but he really thought he should fix it but he just thought $580 was too much money and how much money would I charge and they offered him a coupon of 10% but he didn't think that was enough cuz he'd been collecting coupons here it comes here's the programming he'd been collecting coupons for the past 9 years they've sent him coupons for off trans fluid services, 25% off of, I'm sorry, 20% off of oil changes, 15% off of tire rotations. They've programmed him to look for a coupon. And he brought up an interesting point. He said, how come they can provide a 20% discount on a trans fluid change, but not a 20% discount on a starter repair, which is obviously the bigger repair? Why won't they provide a bigger discount on that? And I really don't understand why I can't get more of a discount because they can surely afford it. Because look at how well they're doing. They're making lots of money. They're selling lots of cars and servicing lots of cars. And I did not quite know what to say. I I started out the conversation in my reply by saying, you know, (laughs) I'm not the guy you should be asking. I don't own the Accurate Dealer. You really should go talk to them. You should ask them for the discount. You should ask them about the price. If you were to ask me, I'd tell you, they're probably in the game. I've got to think... A decent quality starter, whether it be something in the aftermarket or whether it be direct from Acura itself, has to be at least $300. Let's call it that. There's got to be at least an hour's labor in doing a starter. There's $400. Uh, maybe there was some diagnostic time involved with sales tax, and maybe it's a little longer than an hour. Yeah, 550 580 I don't think they're out of the realm. It's not a $100 repair, that I can tell you. But don't you think I'm entitled to a discount after all? I've been going there all this time, and I'm planning on getting rid of the car in the spring. And I'm not really quite sure, I said to myself, what, how old the car is or what when you're planning to get rid of it is has got anything to do with how much you should be charged. But it seems that coupons dictate that idea because a coupon can actually, I learned, force a consumer to think about the value of a repair. I never really believed in coupons. I've never offered coupons at the shop. I think that auto repair is a difficult enough business to do on its own without trying a gimmick of a coupon because I think that's what they are. They take with one hand and give with another and vice versa. And I think you have to be smart enough, and if you're not smart enough to realize that auto repair, like any business, has some fixed overhead expenses and some variable overhead expenses that are going to fluctuate with the times, and unless you're really looking to drive somebody out of business to continually dictate your frequency of that repair facility on coupons can't be good for anybody. So knowing all this and realizing all this, when he said to me, don't you think I'm entitled to more of a discount? Don't you think I should really get something more? Because again, for the fourth or fifth time, I kind of knew by now that his father had gone there forever and that he's been going there 16 years. And even though I'm the only repair shop that he trusts, he goes there for a reason I'm not quite sure. I looked him dead set in the eye and I said, you know, you're absolutely right. I think what you should do is go back to that dealership and wait until about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. This way, we're sure that the waiting room is filled with people, all happy customers, I'm sure, handing in their coupons, following the procession, getting their vehicles serviced and maintained at a cheaper price. what they think is a cheaper price. And I would address all these concerns you have with me to them. And I would ask that service writer, where did he get that fancy watch? And ask him why he's wearing all that jewelry. And by all means, I'd ask him for 25% off. What the heck? You're right. Because in my mind, you know what? The best thing I can do for a guy like this is to send him back to the competition and let him drive them crazy. Because a guy like that's sure to drive somebody either crazy out of business or Just in general, keep them so distracted, I can keep fixing cars and do what I do best. Welcome to the car, doctor. And that's kind of what I did, and that's kind of what I always do, because coupons are programming devices. They're not anything that anybody saves any money on. And if you're dumb enough to believe that you're getting a a coupon where you're actually saving money and you're getting something off without paying for it somewhere else along the way, then you're dumber than a bag of rocks. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie in the car doctor here, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Did I offend you? Oh, well, it happens. But you know what? That's kind of the way it is. Because if you've fallen prey to the, you know, we could turn this conversation into the, how much should an oil change cost? If you really want to talk about it. If you really think the discount houses that are doing 1995 oil changes are really doing it right, using a quality oil and filter, and if somebody qualified that wasn't flipping hamburgers last week, then, you know, you're going to get what you get. And that's a problem, because we also allow you people to vote, drive, and reproduce, and I don't think we should really continue to do that anymore, but that's an entirely different conversation. Before you know it, I'll be a political show. 855-560-9900. I'll be back right after this. the car doctor here, 855-560-9900 is the phone number. I can see that email is working. Joe writes in from Wisconsin. Hey, Ron, I was just listening to your opening rant about coupons. Let me ask you this. If you're so dead set against coupons, then how come, within the context of your show, you have advertisers with manufacturing coupons about parts and products? Joe. Joe, I'll tell you what. I think there's a huge difference there. I think the difference between using an occasional manufacturer's coupon to save money on a part I think you're talking about the AutoCraft AGM and the advanced batteries for $10 off AutoCraft Gold with power frame grid technology, those coupons. Yeah, to save $10 because the manufacturer wants to support that, I think that's a huge difference from the repair shop that lives and dies on, we can do it cheaper, we can do it cheaper, we can do it cheaper, floods people with coupons on a continuous basis. And programs them to always look for something cheaper, never ever stressing the fact that there's value and there's a technical expertise in repairing the car. I think there's a huge difference between the actual labor it takes to repair the vehicle versus the manufacturing. And I'm not trying to diminish or pit one up against the other, but to diminish one over the other and say, hey, coupons for parts are the same as coupons for the entire repair, I think it's a horse of an entirely different color. Just my opinion, but Joe, I value yours and I appreciate the fact you took the time to send me an email about the subject. If anybody else wants to comment, ron at cardoctorshow.com will make it a topic. Coupons. Are coupons a form of programming in terms of controlling where the market goes and do they have an overall effect on the quality of the repair? Let's get over and open the phones and do some repairing of our own. Let's go talk to Keith, Ringwood, New Jersey, 2005 Dodge Ram. Keith, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Yes, sir.
1: Um... So you want to hear the short story?
0: Yeah, short story, long story. I got time. Go ahead. What do you got?
1: Okay. About a year ago, um, I threw a code. It was a P zero four hundred four. Okay. And uh, the short story is, um, I bought a replacement EGR valve sensor. I replaced it, and for almost a year, the truck ran fine, and it actually was running smoothly even when the code threw a year ago, uh, but didn't have any. Didn't have any. Uh, you know, uh, check engine light for about a year. Then about a month ago, the check engine light started coming on again, and it was the same code, the P0404. And so I suspected a bad connection. So you know, I removed, reseated the connector several times, cleared the fault code, and it didn't come on for about a week, and then it came back on. Okay. Um, I I left the code on because it really the truck was never running. You know poorly it it always ran fine and I knew it wasn't really a serious code that was going to cause any problem about two weeks ago you know we had that cold spell I was driving home and it was in the evening and I was only doing about 30 miles an hour and I started to accelerate up to the next speed limit which is about 45 and and it started stuttering had stuttering uh, poor throttle response and the check engine light came on but all of a sudden with that the um engine throttle control light started flashing and immediately the engine went into limp mode. You know, so I pulled off the side of the road, shut the engine off for about, you know, five minutes, restarted, it. everything ran smooth, the check engine light was still on, but the uh throttle control light was off, drove home, checked the codes, but now in addition to the P 404 code I had a P zero P0340 cam, cam, cam sensor sensor. Yeah. Right. 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 And also a new code, P0405. EGR. So I, yep. Right. So I cleared I cleared those codes and drove to work the next day. And the check engine light came back on. But now I'm only getting the P0404. Haven't had any additional issue with the P0340 camshaft position sensor, even though I just bought one online.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so, I, you know, it's much I, – I only have my driveway to work in. So Right. What's, what's, what's so, that's a little what a little harder to get to what sort of so anyways, what
0: sort of scan tool do you have keith
1: i i use the i basically have a gopoint technology with a dash command app for my android phone
0: all right so are you able to read and watch the egr valve no so you can't read that, you can't read data stream no
1: i can read a lot of quite a few things but that's not one that i can unfortunately right
0: Right. I mean, so, what? What? Go ahead. You finish. Go ahead.
1: So anyway, so the bottom line is, uh, you know, I've I've done some things. I've cleaned out because I used some uh, I used some silicone grease on the on the connector just to kind of keep it, you know, clean and comes apart nicely. So I thought maybe it had a bad connection there, and I cleaned that all out, reseated that. The the code now keeps coming back on. It's persistent. The P zero four zero five. So I guess now I'm at a four, point four, where four
0: zero five or four zero four.
1: Four zero five. That's, okay, that's what I'm getting consistently now. Okay. So I'm I'm at a point where it's not an easy fix, and I'm kind of just you know thinking maybe it's a wiring harness, but I don't know. So now shut up and let you talk. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, let's let's
0: work with what we know is bad. And I'm not saying the 340 isn't going to be an issue or isn't an issue. 340, Mm -hmm. I'll talk about that for a second. 340 is typically a, um, it it, it can be a crank or cam sensor fault because Mm -hmm. one or the other can trigger the fault themselves. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we could go through the drama of testing the cam and the crank sensors and it's a 5-volt signal and, you know, color of wires and sit there and make sure we've got a good square wave. But... That's not what's broke on the truck right now. Right now, we're trying to deal with the four hundred four and the four hundred five. That 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 mm-hmm. seems to be the issue. Uh, this is a right. th- this is a three wire sensor. Mm-hmm. There is a ground, there is a five volt reference, and there is a signal return back to the PCM.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you have a decent digital volt voltmeter, Keith? I
1: certainly do. Okay, I am an so, electrical engineer.
0: All right, cool. So then let's 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 unplug the EGR, key on, engine off. Unplug the EGR and see. We're going to have ground on one leg, and if I, if I believe the two, the 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 ends, all right. One's going to be a five volt reference. One's going to be a ground. All mm-hmm. right. We can identify those, and then the middle one is going to be signal return, if I remember correctly. But just verify that. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. And sure. what I'm looking for is when the lights on. What do I have on that signal return line? Right. All right. You know, is it correct? Does it vary? Does it modify itself? All right, as you're accelerating, you should see a varying voltage because it's applying, and it's going through a duty cycle there as you're driving the car. Um, Hang on, Keith. Let's let me let me hold you over the uh, pause, and uh, we'll come back and talk about this. I'm Ron Ani in the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Kornanian, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. We're on the phone with Keith talking about his 2005 Dodge Ram. Keith, you're still there. I am. Uh, you, you said something, and I thought about it during the pause. You, a year ago, you changed the sensor or the whole valve? The, the
1: whole EGR valve sensor Right, assembly. okay,
0: right. I heard that different in my head because I, I sat here thinking about it during the pause. I'm saying, how can he change just the sensor? Okay, so... In terms of of measuring voltage on the sensor, this is a 5-wire or a 6-wire, depending upon emission level, and you're going to have to identify you're going to have three. Uh, one's going to be a 5-volt, one's going to be a ground, one's going to be signal return, and the other are going to be power and ground control by the PCM as it yep. duty cycles the EGR. Um, and so,
1: just so you know, I have an old data subscription, so I did print out the uh, wiring notes colors. for that, so okay. I'll have the right pinouts.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, let me ask you this, Whose EGR mm-hmm. valve is it? Where would you get it from, Chrysler or something online?
1: You know what? Um it wasn't a Mopar. The the sensor I just bought for the camshaft if I need it is a Mopar, but um I did buy um and again it was a year ago, so I don't remember the exact brand, but I did specifically pick one that wasn't like a white box Chinese, you know, knockoff. Right. Right. Um it did it was a a complete it was the valve sensor with the uh gaskets and mounting hardware um because that's you, all i remember
0: usually what goes bad on these on that mm-hmm. style the electric style this is an electric style egr is the pintle right. starts to bind in the valve and that's what calls causes, causes the erroneous readings it's looking right. for a certain position under a certain load and it it basically it tells it hey do this go to this height it doesn't go there and it starts right. to say hey that's not real and it it it, it sets one of a couple of different possible fault codes. So, gotcha. you know, maybe the question here becomes, because we're dealing in an aftermarket part, we've got no way to measure true duty cycle and response, maybe we're right. going to have to swap this valve out or at the very least take it apart. Does it show signs of carbon? And even if it doesn't, how much right, was the right. valve? How much? But now I'm going to tell you to go get a Mopar valve and replace <laughs> it with that. And
1: and you know what? I'm right with you there, too.
0: You know, and then the second thing is, when you change the valve this trip... Mm-hmm make sure, did you do a battery disconnect and memory reset?
1: Yeah, I was going to tell you that in between all of this, one of the things that I did do was that just to see if there was a retentive code in there that just was, you know, stuck in the computer, and um, that didn't fix it either, so... Okay. Well, but, d- yeah.
0: you know, it's because now, if this is a bad EGR, and I suspect it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of three possibilities. You've either got a bad new EGR, how could that be, uh, a problem, in the, a problem in the wiring harness, right. or a bad PCM. In 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 terms of failure rates, on a scale right. of you know one to a hundred, if we if we looked at this code at a national level, I would I would wager lunch for a week with somebody that a P zero four zero four four zero five EGR fault on a Chrysler product in the 80-85 percentile is an right. EG, is an EGR valve, and the other remaining fifteen percent is probably. Two thirds wiring harness, and the last five percent is going to be a PCM. So, I it's just not that common for that particular fault. Um, gotcha. the latter being the more, the more predominant, the more the, you know, the, the more regular failure. Um, mm-hmm. but when you, when you do it's learned bad habits now, so when you do replace the valve, you need to do a disconnect both terminals, join mm-hmm. them together. And it's 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 interesting. As an electrical engineer, I'll say it to you. There's there's some talk in the industry now where they don't want us to just touch jumper leads together. They want us to put, I believe, it's a ten thousand ohm resistor. I have to go back and look at the article I was reading a couple probably of weeks ago. Probably just so
1: they bleed out whatever right. know, energy stored in there more more smoothly. Probably. Right. It's it's
0: not a it's not a jolt to the right. computer, and um, you know, let that leave let let that go on for eight to ten minutes. That's and, easy enough to do. Too. Right. And then let it, right. and then hook it back up and see where you go. That gotcha. being said, if that solves the 404, 405, and I'm venturing to guess that it will, and if not, you know where to find me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the 340 code, I'd be curious. My guess is that that may come back and it has absolutely nothing to do with the other. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a, a separate issue unto itself. Now, keep in mind, like I said, the 340, if you can't scope it, um, right. If you don't have that capacity, you know, right. a, a cam or a crank can cause that 340. Basically, it's seeing uh, that the cam and the crank aren't synchronized together. Think of the bicycle with the sprockets. Sure. And as, mm-hmm. the, as the sprockets go around, they have to line up to an index mark each time. All of a sudden, somebody hiccuped or missed a step or the chain fell off, literally. Uh, so really,
1: know. that's that's a race there to which one throws the code first?
0: Um, or is you, it just... I don't know. I don't know if race is the right word, Keith. I think it's a. Um, I think it's an indicator that it can be one or the other. Gotcha. Um, if 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 I was going to be a betting man and taking an, you know again playing the averages, mm-hmm. I would tell you that more often than not it's a crank position fault. Gotcha. All right. You know. Right. Th- there comes a time, and I get a lot of aggravation about this, but there comes a time where based on age of the truck and mileage. Mm-hmm. and you 're starting to deal with intermittence right you know uh, uh, we had a we had a vehicle oh not too long ago it was a forty dollar part, and it was an intermittent the car would the car would shut off and stop running and we we couldn 't we, we couldn 't duplicate it to save our life and we sat down and we started reading some of the trend reports we have access to because we have access to information on what fails and when and you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like the CDC knows which part of the country is suffering from the flu. We know which right. which part of the industry and what vehicles fail more and what what fails on them. And we rolled the dice and said, let's try the forty dollars part. It's fixing cars in the eighty percentile. You know what? We right. fi- we fixed the car. And oh, well, that and,
1: was a good call. And,
0: and sometimes you have to do that.
1: Sometimes right, right.
0: that's that's part of the business today because I don't have to tell you, you're dealing with electronics, right? Um, you, I. I do, yeah. You know, you'll you'll change the whole board on the suspect of one component,
1: right? You know, it's well. Unfortunately, today also the the price to get down into a, uh, a the the minutia of, of tearing something apart and looking at every little piece versus the cost of a complete replacement, right? Because the labor involved really kind of throws a stick right. in the mud there,
0: right? Yeah, and and you know? as much as I say, new means never ever worked. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I've had it. I've had it where I've put a new a new part in, and it it replicates the problem. And you sit there and you scratch your head, and then that's a gut call. Then that right. then you take the time to diagnose the bad new part, and then you realize that part is bad, and then you buy the third new part, and then right. that works. But that's just a sign of the times. That's because every everything comes from our our newest state, China. I've decided that they're uh, they're the latest Absolutely. they're the latest manufacturer that we uh they're the, our latest manufacturing part of this country. So Keith, listen, you uh you've got our number. You let us know what happens here. I think you've got a uh, a couple of layered issues, but I'm confident we got you going in the right direction. And uh, let me say thank you for your uh being a Car Doctor supporter. We appreciate uh listeners out there and uh, we want to say thanks. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctors coming back right after this.
1: my she's real fine. my 409 my 409.
0: welcome back ron Nene and, and the car doctor here more information about this radio show cardoctorshow.com links to tune in iheart itunes my email ron at cardoctorshow.com and the phone number here 855-560-9900 the car doctor's 24 7 number call and leave a message if we're not on the air Fast Harry, our executive producer, will call you back and line you up for the next time we are. Let's get on over to the phones. Let's go talk to Mike, Montgomery, New York. Some questions and comments about throttle body cleaning. Mike, you're on with the car, doctor. How can I help?
1: Hey, Ron. Yes, sir. Uh, I saw a YouTube video. Actually, it was done by Motor Week, And the way they did this, this is uh, uh, drive-by wire throttle body cleaning. Okay. They actually had a, a person sit in the car and a person outside under the hood and actually turned the key on and uh, pushed down on the throttle and cleaned it. But they never said anything about throttle reset. I was just wondering your opinion about it.
0: Throttle reset, its a great question, Mike. Throttle reset, is it varies by manufacturer, and it varies widely, I can tell you from experience. We had a car, I think, about two years ago, and it was the first time I'd run across it. We had a 2005 Acura. Um, not TL, the uh, MDX. It was an MDX, or the 3.5. Did a throttle body cleaning. Did a throttle body cleaning on it, and that's a drive-by-wire vehicle, and I did it the traditional way I do it, where I don't don't like key-on. Key-on is okay because, you know, key-on to me, or key-on isn't okay because if something is disconnected as it typically is when you're doing a throttle body cleaning, so many cars you would... You know, you're taking the airbox out. The mass airflow is disconnected. Sometimes you're disconnecting wiring harnesses that you sit there with the key on, engine off to open the throttle plate. By putting your foot down, you're going to set a fault code, and sometimes that can trigger some other issues, and it makes the problem bigger and the process more complicated. I like to gently just give that plate a nudge. And, you know, this is the question, like the industry says, which way do electrons flow? I kind of like the idea of manually opening a throttle body and just gently opening it up. I have giant Q-tips, and I'll clean the throttle plate with that. But anyway, back to the Acura. So I had an Acura that needed a throttle body cleaning. Really filthy, really dirty. Cleaned it just the way I've cleaned every other one. Two days later, the car came back with a fault code, P0506, if I remember right, for throttle angle. Went through all the charts, went through everything we were supposed to do. Nothing was mentioned did a reset, just the way we've been doing it. Found out the scan tool wouldn't do the reset properly and had to go to another manufacturer. As a matter of fact, I don't remember who it was that didn't work, but I remember who was. It was Launch that worked. We used right. the Launch scan tool, and they allowed us to do a proper throttle relearn. And my point is that process didn't really occur in the Honda world until... 03, 04, 05, and now it's on every car up through, and I think it stopped in 11 where they're doing away with it and they're, they're, they're learning them on their own. No, I take that back. Even on the 14s, I've seen a couple of bulletins that reference it. Let's talk about Toyota. If you're talking about cleaning the throttle plate on a Toyota, you know how you do it? You take the yeah. air box out, you open the plate with your finger, you wipe it out with a rag, you're gingerly, you're still due diligence and caution, put the whole thing back together, disconnect the battery, Tie the ends together using a resistor wire, however you're going to do it right. hook, hook it all up and drive it away there's no scan tool needed so you know for me to answer the question if, if you're asking me how to clean the throttle body on your car, tell me what right. kind of tell me what kind of car it is and then we'll have that conversation what kind okay. of what okay. kind of car is
1: it well this is mechanical it's a two thousand and three dodge Dakota but uh, I don't have to worry about that but no uh, uh, you know on it
0: on a Dodge Dakota, right, if it's mechanical. Yeah. And, and and the most you're going to have to do is disconnect the battery so that right. it relearns its values and resets itself. Right. Um, and for everyone out, else out there listening, if this is a Nissan, everything I just right. said, throw it out the window. <laughs> you know, and if, if you don't have manufacturer direct, a, a, a manufacturer level, if you don't have a Nissan level scan tool, Right. Nothing in the aftermarket will learn that, all right? Well, I take that back. The launch did do the learn on it. We actually played, mm-hmm. my friend my friend Tim brought down the, the dealer-level tool from the local dealership, and we sat there one day, and we started playing with some Nissans, and we started troubleshooting what, what will do a reset and what won't. And the launch seems to work every time, whereas some of the co- competitors, the red, the red scan tool people and the blue and gray scan tool people, do not. Um, right. So, you know, that being said, Nissan, but Nissan's a very difficult animal to deal with. They want some very, very specific things done in terms of reset, in terms of how that throttle body is cleaned. In in terms right. of your Dakota, yeah, the most important thing is, as in any throttle body cleaning, just be careful. Don't spray directly into the housing. All right? Right. You want to put it on a rag and wipe it from the inside. As long as you're on YouTube, Mike? Yeah. Go look for me on YouTube. I did a. Th- I've seen
1: you. I go, I go all the time. I go to you.
0: All right. I did a because I did a throttle body cleaning demo. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, that throttle body cleaning demo for everybody out there, for all the old time listeners to the Car Doctor, that's actually the throttle body off the old Volvo from ten years ago. Then we finally got rid of it. it had three hundred thousand miles on it or whatever the heck it was. I forgot. But that was what I used for my demonstration piece, and that was a mechanical a purely mechanical throttle body. And as I said there and as I say now, the most important thing is to not get excessive chemical on the shaft. You'll damage the seals and, and, and cause issues later on. Okay. All right, sir.
1: All right, great, Ron. Thank you. I, you I'd love to show them. You're, you're very welcome,
0: you. Mike. Thanks for being there. We appreciate having you as a listener as well as all our listeners. 855 The Car Doctor is coming back. Don't go away. Doctor here eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero is the twenty four seven car doctor number. Give us a call if we're not on the air. Fast Harry, we'll call you back and line you up for when we are. Hey, uh quick, quick car doctor meeting, Tony. How you doing? All right, boss. Listen, um, uh, March no March nineteenth uh, coming up. I just want to let you know March nineteenth. This is your official company notice. On uh, March nineteenth, we're going to be on the road.
1: Yeah, that right. I know. We're going to be you in rubber
0: right? Oh, Tom already told you? Yes. Oh, okay. Gee whiz, how come I wasn't at that meeting? You didn't ask. Oh, well, that's true. I left. I must have left the room. and uh, no. But anyway, for everybody else's benefit, we're going to be at the Meadowlands Exposition Center in Secaucus, New Jersey, Northeast, uh, the Northeast trade show that we go to every year. We're going to be doing a live broadcast Saturday, March 19th, between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m. We're going to be walking the floor before the show, and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody out there. If you're in the New York City area. That weekend, March 18th, 19th, and 20th, we will be there on the 19th and uh, doing the radio show and uh, meet and greet and kissing the babies and shaking hands and saying hello to everybody. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Just a grand old time. And uh, Tony... As always, because you're such, you, you are such, the best board operator in the business, I'm going to take you out for a steak dinner afterwards.
1: I'll be waiting. Thank All you right. for the compliment. Oh, witness, I heard yeah. that. Yeah, so, uh,
0: who's that guy behind you? I bet um, he wants to go now, that's too. That's Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom wants to go. Get yeah, Tom to yeah. the equation also. All right. And I right. Uh, we'll guess we'll take Fast Harry, too. Okay. So we'll take Fast Harry, so we'll go out to eat afterwards. But uh, for everybody else, um, just to let everybody else know, that's where we're going to be. Hey, speaking of fans from far away, I have a note here. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can find it now. From, uh, maybe we'll have to do this next hour. From a gentleman in Australia. I couldn't believe this email when I saw it. But, um, uh, yeah, here it is. I probably don't have time to finish this. Hey, Ron, I listen in from Australia on Sunday nights. I love the show and the way you go about describing the issues. I like to ask about these new decarbonizing machines that use a negatively charged cleaning solution under pressure, which claim they can clean combustion chambers and do so. But they did the show. it would be a very big porky pie I've got to give this email... More time. So, you know what? We're going to talk about this next hour um, in another show. But uh, kind of interesting that we have listeners in Australia. I know we have listeners in London, Spain, Ireland, Saudi Arabia, Australia, the Car Doctor International. I'm running Amy and, and the Car Doctor thinking, crikey! <laughs> no, I'll have to do it straight. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.